Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro. Time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 153, cinemageekly.com. Head on over there, check out the archives of the Cinema Geekly Podcast. All previous 152 episodes are there, and uh, a couple, one or two other podcasts we do, also available on the website, and currently going, Glenn and I, who is, uh, Glenn and I are doing this show on our own this week. Uh, we do know what we're going to talk about yet, so it's going to be interesting. No, but we uh, but we're covering Flashing Arrow. We just did one of those. We put that up. Uh, that show's on the on the move. Walking Dead is going to be coming back. So here, the Walking Dead will be returning shortly. As will Better Talk Saul because uh, Saul Goodman he's coming back in fuck what 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 was it April? Yeah, you said April. Oh, I think That's when April. the show ended last year. I don't know what's happening. They hate us over at AMC. I know, they're just, they're doing it the British way, man. They're toying with us, man, yeah. This is not fun. We are not cats, AMC. Quit dangling this string in front of us. Uh, yeah, so we've got, we've got a few things to discuss, but, uh, I don't know, maybe this is stereotypical of me, perhaps it's not, but you are a Texan, uh, (laughs) Texas is of course football country. Today yeah. is Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Are you going to be watching the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, me and like a hundred other million people, so. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be watching it, so that's. Uh, no, I'm, well, it's going to double as, as my dad's birthday party kind of thing, so yes. Ah, that works. Is your dad's he doesn't, he couldn't give a shit about football, so. Oh, for reals? Yeah, my dad's like not big in the sports at all. What a so. shitty birthday party that is. Happy yeah. birthday! Here's sports ball. Yeah, um, I it is. Uh, I presume uh, the Patriots and another team. Yeah, is that who is that who it is this year? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know. I know it's the Patriots because I saw Tom Brady on a Clueless Gamer with Conan O'Brien, where they were playing for honor. Um. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I presume they're facing another team and that other team will probably lose. Right. I don't know. I don't know how football is. I just know that like the Patriots are like the, the Yankees of, of, of football or, uh, you know, some other dynasty in some other sport. The, when the Red Wings were good. Yes. When the Red Wings were good, for example. Hey man, we still make the playoffs every single year. I'm not even going to get into this rant. It's just so <laughs> uh, you and I could form a hockey team, and we'd have a good chance at making the NHL playoffs. Almost everybody, you have to really be shit to not make the playoffs in the NHL because almost every team makes it. Uh, I think it's actually more than half of the teams in the league make the playoffs, or something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, enough sports talk. People are like, no sports talk. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not a... Oh, you're right. We'll go... Don't worry. This will be a smooth transition into politics. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so speaking of Tom Brady, you know, he, him and uh, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, they're huge <laughs> proponents for Donald Trump. That is what I've heard. Uh, so is... Uh, I was going to do a smoother transition into our normal topics of discussion. Are we aware of... I, I've... Now, last time you and I talked... Uh, you let me know that there is going to be a Stranger Things Super Bowl ad, which I am excited to watch on YouTube after it airs, because uh, I'm not going to try to sit through the football game to see the ad. But are there supposed to be any other like big movie Super Bowl ads this year? I haven't really heard any buzz about that. Uh, Transformers has uh, one okay. that I know of. Um, I think Spider-Man might have one. Yeah, I mean, look, they could do that, but do they really need to? Does Marvel really need to spend Super Bowl ad money now? I mean, they're Marvel. Yeah, see, that's the thing is I don't think 
That would be that would be like uh, that would be like Disney saying, "Oh, we got to do the first teaser for Star Wars during the Super Bowl, so this way people know and get excited about Star Wars." Yeah, uh, I just don't see like this Transformers movie. Maybe I mean even that I don't really know. It's those. It's not like those movies don't make a shit ton of money. They do make a shit ton of money. So yeah, I'm not sure. I mean maybe it's just the thing to get it in there. Uh, you know, it's worth your five million dollars for a thirty second ad. But uh, you know who who knows? Yeah. So Transformers sounds like the biggest ad. <laughs> That I, because yeah, I, now that you mention it, I remember specifically uh, seeing like, uh, oh, there's going to be Transformers. I've seen some stuff on on YouTube, like the tra- some of the trailer channels that I follow, and they have put up like little mini teasers for Super Bowl ads, but they're all for movies that I am unaware of. So, or movies that don't seem to interest me. They look like maybe. Uh, second string uh there's one for life which looks like a ryan reynolds movie oh it's that ryan reynolds i mean it's uh it's the thing in space yeah 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 horror space movie or something yeah there's Uh, like they find life in space and then it like gets in people's bodies and takes over them and kills them the super bowl ad for this movie is already available online so i'm guessing this is going to be one of those super bowl ads that air during like the pregame or something I'm not sure why they would release it now. But, yeah, you uh, pay good money for that. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking money. Uh, well, anyway, speaking of Star Wars and them not probably needing to advertise on the Super Bowl, they did have uh, a little bit of news that uh, will provide some talk. And uh, that is the announcement of the official title for Star Wars Episode Eight, And it is called The Last Jedi, Glenn. And they released a Star Warsy poster with a, uh, a Starfield backdrop and Star Wars in red letters. We know what that means. That means bad. Bad things. So uh, the last time a Star Wars movie got red lettering, it well, well actually the first time it was when they were going to call Return of the Jedi Revenge of the Jedi, uh, but then decided that was too, uh, too cruel sounding a title, I guess. And uh, they used it, of course, for Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3. Uh, I think they're signaling that this might be some sort of dark second chapter in this uh, this new trilogy of film. You think? Uh, I th- I'm leaning in that direction. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you make of the What do you make of the title? So I've seen people. I've I've seen two camps. There there is one camp of people that are dissecting the name for its meaning, and then there are people who are judging the name just purely on the name. Um, what what do you... Uh, honestly don't... I think the meaning of it is fairly obvious, that they're either referring to... It'll either be a story about Luke, a story about Rey, or a story about Luke and Rey. And, or Kylo. And, uh, possibly. But, I mean, I feel like if... I mean, look, they could do a swervy swerve, and Kylo could become a good guy by the end of this movie instead of the third movie. And maybe the the last movie is, like, Kylo, Rey, and Luke Skywalker versus Snoke or something in the third movie. I don't know. Um, and, and, as, and as Star Wars people have pointed out to me, Jedi can both be a singular and a plural. So it could be referring to uh, Jedi in general, and not just one, one in particular, but... Uh, what, what do you think of the uh, what do you think of the actual name as a name for a movie? Is this like a, a like an eye catching name? Is this something that draws some intrigue for you? I mean, I don't really care. Just a title for you? There's yeah, no real, I mean, uh, no real draw. I, uh, having watched you... and listened to Red Letter Media's Nerd Crew podcast, where they mock this discussion, it really just took the piss out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's why you can't take the piss out of things, and there's no fun. There's no fun left to be had. They've yeah, drained I the mean, fun. These red, these red letter fucks. They've taken all the fun out of this discussion, Glenn. Now I'm angry at them, and I will write a sternly worded letter and trip, send it in their direction. You. They've triggered me. No, I mean 
I mean, it'd be kind of weird if they just... I mean, one's actually dead. They already killed off one. I mean, it'd be... In the second movie, you've, you've killed off your original crew already? Like, that's kind of a... Yeah. That'd be, uh... It seems a little strong. I, I am th- kind of curious as to far... Like, when they're going to announce maybe some reshoots. Not yeah. saying, like, what happened to Carrie Fisher, like, is going to change how they're going to do the story for her. But I really think some of it might affect Luke as far as where they kind of need to yeah. have him bridge the gap some. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah. Movies I mean, go through reshoots, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I mean, uh, Rogue One, which apparently is like a completely different movie. Which I mean, yes. I would believe it seeing the trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot in those trailers that didn't make it into the final cut. Um, I mean, I don't know. To me, on its face, Luke is the last Jedi. Ray's not really a Jedi, or at least you know, not in the traditional sense. And Kylo Ren maybe was kind of on the road to being one before he turned to the dark side. All that shit. Um, I feel like it will start out being about Luke, but by the end it will be about someone else. That's what I think. Um, and like you said, the title is kind of just a title. It is, I will say this, I'm just happy we're getting some decent sounding Star Wars titles after we only got one decent title out of the prequels. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is a pretty good title, but, uh, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, especially, is uh, are particularly shitty titles for films, and uh, I'm I'm kind of just happy. It what do you think? It, what is your favorite out. subtitle of these? Oh, you know that's an interesting discussion. I've never really had one like the one that sounds coolest to me. Um, you know, like I think the uh, I think the first thing that comes to mind is for somebody to say, "Oh, well, Empire Strikes Back," because that's usually people's favorite movie. I don't think it's the best title, but it's hands down my favorite poster. It's an awesome poster. Um, boy, the best, like the subtitle or whatever, or the chapter title or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I'm in, I don't know. I feel like A New Hope, that's pretty good. I like A New Hope, even though that's like bastardized because people are like, they added that on later. It was never called A New Hope. It was just Star Wars, uh, which is true. Uh, and that doesn't change the fact that I think it's a kind of a good title, especially when you're jumping well, in. Well, I mean, when Blade Runner phase first came out, it was just called Blade Runner, but now it's called Blade Runner Director's Cut. That's right. That's the name of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like... Um, I kind of like The Force Awakens uh, as a title. I like this as a title. Um, and I guess a new hope, like Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is a pretty good title, I suppose. Revenge of the Sith is a pretty good title. I think we can all agree that the worst title is Attack of the Clones. Well, because it's so vanilla. It is, and it sounds like our heroes are being attacked by clones, but the clones are all on their side. Like the invasion of the body snatchers or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm ha- uh, look. I'm happy this movie has a, a title, uh, but as some people have pointed out, uh, by this time we had already seen a teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. Uh, we saw a teaser trailer for that movie like a year out, and we are now less than a year away from The Last Jedi, and we have not seen so much as a uh, a frame from this movie. The, the only official image we have, I do believe, is this poster revealing the title. So, uh, Oh, and, uh, and of course, uh, an Instagram picture that Ryan Johnson shared of him editing in the title into the opening crawl. Uh, but that's about, uh, that's about all we got. <sighs> well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get it soon. Summer yeah, I, I, it is, it is well, kind of weird that they don't... One of those Marvel movies, I'm sure, will carry a trailer for it. Well, or Beauty and the Beast. Or Beauty and the Beast, right? That's going to hit before any of the Marvel movies, right? Yeah, well, it comes out March 17th. Oh, yeah, so... Definitely. I mean, I don't know when it comes out. Uh, well, let's go from... Uh, oh, we had a new Beauty and the Beast trailer. We can talk about that. Oh, did the... I haven't seen it yet. You I mean... Give your, give, your, give your thoughts. I haven't seen it, though. I mean, the trailer is 
you know what? Normally, I would bitch about it. Like, given the fact I know it's going to happen, mm-hmm. if the trailer is pretty much Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Yeah. And that's 100% okay. So, yeah. It's I mean, just... it is, like, it starts with her, like, reading a book to some sheep, and then her dad goes missing, and then she's in the castle, and then they show, they kind of give you a glimpse of the dance number. A candlestick sings at her, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah. He shows her the library, then they dance, and then she has to leave, and the pedals start falling off. I mean, it, it's like, it summarizes the movie, but yeah. again, like, I, duh. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Uh, to me, that's to me for like something like this. That's more enticing because it's it's a not even a reboot or a remake. It's just a reimagining, I guess. I know that sounds uh, slightly pretentious, but to me, it's kind of. <laughs> I mean, like that's all what my it friends is, are like, oh, all these reboots, like Beauty and Beast. Like it's not a reboot. I mean, they're essentially making the same movie. It's just with real people. Yeah, to me, like a reboot is when you're taking a concept and redoing the concept but in a different way, like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies are... I mean, and and even that's kind of a hybrid because they kept a lot of similar stuff, but they took... By and and large, they took the concept of Star Trek and then changed a lot of it. And this doesn't seem like they're actually changing anything really from Beauty and the Beast. They're just redoing it. It might be a little bit longer than the animated film and... Well, the anime uh, film's only like an hour and twenty minutes, so yeah. And this is going to be a couple of hours, so they're going to add they're going to add to it, and it's going to be live action by and large. Um, yeah, it's just going to be like a, it's just going to it's yeah, it's not really a reboot; it's a retelling in a yeah. different in a and it won't be animated, but that's all. Um, and and this is one of those movies that are su- that's suited to it. I think it's not like. As we've discussed, like Lion King live action, I don't know how well that's going to be suited to it since. Well, it's not live it... action. That's just like. Yeah, it'll be CG animals or whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, what, what do we say? It's kind of like remastered. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. all you're doing is brushing up the the special effects because they're adding no... they're adding graphics to it. No know? singular person is going to be in that unless I don't. I mean, there might be, but. Maybe I mean maybe they'll feel the need to add humans into it for some reason. But or, would... or Pete's Dragon, which is like completely different than the first movie. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not nowhere close to the same movie. Um. So yeah, that's coming out in March. Uh, the first trailer I saw for it, it looks it looks gorgeous. I still want to see the uh, the Cinderella live action, which you had uh, praised as well. Yeah, when it I mean it's out. good. It's fine. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to check that out as well. Um, cause my, my little one is interested in, uh, in Disney princess stuff and she's seen the trailer for beauty and the beast and is very excited for it. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's move on from, let's see how well I can transition this. Let's move on from Disney, which owns Marvel over to DC movies. <laughs> That's close enough. Um, I guess there might be a little bit of trouble a brewing for a couple of DC films. Uh, one of which is, uh, there's some, some talk about wonder woman and there was a lady who works for the, uh, the YouTube channel schmoes knows she's, she leaked this information about, uh, Batman v Superman some time ago about all of the meddling and the retooling and the reworking uh, and turned out to be true and the movie turned out to be not as good as a lot of people were hoping for and she has uh, now said that the same source that gave her the info about Batman v Superman is unfortunately giving her very uh, similar uh, news about Wonder Woman. Her quote here is I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, uh, but our source uh, provided me some information that broke my heart this week. As I have a tremendous belief that Wonder Woman is going to be awesome, and I heard it stinks from the same person who told me that they heard that Batman v Superman was also going to stink. The person who I spoke to, uh, their response was, I'm very disappointed in what I saw. It seems like all of the problems are still the same problems. It's discombobulated. It doesn't have narrative flow. It's very disjointed. Uh, Yay. So, 
How can this be possible, Glenn? We saw the we've seen a couple of trailers for Wonder Woman, and they both looked pretty good. Now, obviously, a trailer is not uh, going to be representative of of the editing and the storytelling and the pacing. Remember, the greatest trailer ever made is Terminator Salvation. And that movie is absolute garbage. That was a very good trailer. Um, I just... It seemed like they had their head on straight here. But if the studio is intent on meddling... Well, it's like what we what said... What can you do? Like what we said um, when we saw the the Chilio for the Justice League, it was like they they learned the wrong lessons. Yeah. They were like, oh, people will say it needs to be funny because Marvel's funny. It's like, yeah, some people said that, but most of those uh, people who yes, say yes. that just say it because that's their taste. Mm-hmm. But people who are really actually critiquing it, just they're going to tell you the story is disjointed. Like, your character motivations don't make a lot of sense. It's like that. Th- that's actually... That, you know, it's positive criticism. That's something you or constructive criticism. That's something you can take and, and build upon because it's constructive and you build things with construction. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it uh, it's just I don't know. They just keep taking long the wrong lessons. Yeah, I which don't is like... a shame because like I mean, yeah, Killing Joke. People have problems with it, but again, I will say like then then you just never read it, and it's it's also a comic that just hasn't aged well because the dramatic things that happen in it just I mean Joker's done far worse now. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, the book is over thirty years old. Uh, but the thing, I, I just they they accrue certain talent like someone like James Wan, who's done you know pretty successful horror movies now. Like I don't. Thinking of any of them really been like completely bashed. I mean, maybe like the Insidious ones, but anybody I know who's seen the Insidious movies never really say like, you know, I, I don't personally like the movie, but I will say like, there's some really interesting things in it. Like the mm-hmm. world that he kind of you know takes you through is is pretty interesting. Like there's cool ideas in it. So with him doing Aquaman, like, are you going to take that away from him? Are you going to take away some of the inventiveness? That you're definitely going to need to address Aquaman, yeah. Um, you know, and and I don't know. It's just uh, it just doesn't. Or someone like Patty Jenkins, you know, you get someone that's pretty respected. Everyone was pretty excited about it, but mm-hmm. now it just seems like, well, maybe she hadn't made something in a while, and she just needed a paycheck, and she was list- she was going to listen to what they say, which you know, more or less, kind of explains why the first director left um except this wasn't supposed to happen they were we were like you know what dc needs to hire like a head of creative for their movies like marvel has with kevin feige and then they did but now we're still hearing the same old stuff which is uh they're getting their the studios getting their mitts on it and they're you know we gotta punch up the humor here and it's not enough fun here it's too dour like i was you know, I'm okay with Bruce Wayne cracking some jokes because well, he's he does a billionaire it. playboy. And but Batman, I feel like needs to be as Batman. He needs to be taking himself too seriously. And then you can have characters like the Flash. They can be the comedy in the movie. Like he's the young kid with the smartass remarks. That stuff you can and you can. Do that well, Batman's usually dry. If you have it, he's just like the yeah. ultimate straight man. Yes. But like you can uh, be involved in something funny, but he's not the one. Yeah, yeah. He, the, he's not going to like make the jokes. Bust the yeah. gut. He may get a couple of chuckles because yeah. he may have like a zinger or something. Sure. But, uh. Yeah. No, so like, it's it, like, you know what this kind of reminds me of? Hmm. So, like, Nolan comes along. And he, you know, regardless of how. People have their problems with them and stuff, but they definitely had like a vision. Like there's, at the very least, you can you you know what he was trying to accomplish, and he accomplished what he wanted to. Yes, and of course that happens when a DC is like, you know what, I don't I don't really care. Do what you want, and even to a certain extent, the Superman Returns movie, like it's pretty boring. But again, I mean, it's not like the Christopher Reeves movies are all that exciting. I mean, sure. I, I think the movie's fine. I just, 
I just always feel like it's a cock tease when you have Superman and you don't let him do cool shit because that's like part of what makes him cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of like when the X-Men movies, like the first one's good, the second one's pretty good, but once they kind of saw like, oh, this can be a big fucking cash cow, you know, it dips off and the third one's absolute shit. The X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, complete crap because again, studio meddling. Mm-hmm. Then they come back and like, oh, you know, we won't spend the money that we did before and we'll you know, we'll make this kind of smaller movie and first Tell class. Tell a different story, and it was yeah, great. Yeah, first class, really good. And then, you know, Days of Future Past, you know, it's okay. It's not the worst thing. I, no, I liked it, it. It wasn't X-Men 2. No, I love X2. Yeah. Um, and then they made but, X-Men... You know, but again, now, now they're back into, oh, we got to make this big old money, and then Apocalypse yeah. falls apart. So it just yeah. feels like with DC, they, they got so worried in the whole, oh, we got to make the money, and... They didn't find a formula that works, whereas Marvel, you know, got to mature in their own way. And then, you know, Disney was pretty smart about, you know, Disney has the notes, but Disney's notes are probably something they would do anyways. Hey, but make then, it uh, fun, make it inclusive. Don't take it too seriously. It can be tongue-in-cheek from time to time. To continue with your analogy as well, um, even though even though I find X-Men Apocalypse to be infinitely a better movie than... <laughs> Uh, the Last Stand. Well, yeah, because uh, it is. Because Last Stand is absolutely god awful. I haven't uh, seen but, Apocalypse, and I will agree. But to your point, um, I mean, Apocalypse is fine. It's not as good as the second movie, and it's not even close to being as good as First Class was. But it's you know, it's it's a serviceably fine movie. Uh, but it's just not up to the bar that I think people were expecting. Uh, but to your point. After after this, like after Apocalypse kind of failed to get like this this big buzz, I I've noticed that the next move they've done with the X Men is to do what appears to be a much smaller and personable film with Logan. So uh, that's like way different looking than anything else they've done, and it seems like. I mean, I'm looking at this movie, and it seems like they could have made this movie for maybe like ten million dollars. I yeah, doubt they. Yeah. I doubt it cost them that little. But I'm just thinking well, of they like they probably did it the Adam Sandler way. All the, yeah. How how come this comedy costs seventy five million dollars? Oh, because I'm going to pay my friends. So it's, but I'm just but I'm just seeing like I'm just seeing like small sets. They're in cars. They're you know in like regular clothes. And like every now and again, you see his claws pop out, or you see a dude fly with like wire work or something. But like by and large, it looks like a much smaller uh, scale film, and it's certainly way more interesting looking than uh, anything that it. Oh, it's like Batman Begins was made for seventy five million. Yeah, that, that was good too. That was really good. So yeah, I don't, you don't necessarily need the massive budget. Well, you know what? Uh, Wonder Woman isn't the only movie where there might be problems. <laughs> we're also oh, doing, yeah. we're also going to talk about the Flash. Um, so oh. at one, at one point, the Flash movie, I believe had a director and it definitely had a script. I know it was now originally wasn't Lord and Miller writing the script for the Flash movie. Uh, they may have like very, very early they were, on. They were, they were, yeah, they were working on it very early on and then were, uh, tempted away by doing this Han Solo picture. Jesus. Which uh, they are now working on, which I'm I, super excited I, for. I am really interested to see that movie. Um, <laughs> this this their humor. I I really want to see how they're gonna do this. Uh, so yeah, they. Uh, so now they don't have a director. They haven't had a director. It went through uh, another treatment. A, uh, there, there's been a couple of treatments, and now they have WB has hired a, another writer. This time, it's a complete rewrite, so they're starting from 100% scratch. And I think the movie might end up. I I'm not sure when they were planning on releasing this movie, but I think it's going to be delayed again. Uh, I think they were looking for 2018, and I don't think 2018 is going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I don't know what the deal... <laughs> I'm trying... It's. Do you think it's just WB? Is WB the... Are Warner Brothers, are they the Are they the problem here? Because once, once Iron Man was a hit, 
at the box office, they started churning out all the rest of these Marvel movies kind of nonstop and weren't really running into problems. So is this just like WB not knowing how to handle the material they have? Are they tripping over their own feet? Like, I think what it is is they probably didn't take it too seriously because they they probably thought the market was going to get saturated by the time we got to the Avengers. People were going to be sick of it. And it yeah. just never stopped. No. I mean, you, you could just see it in general. Everyone's buying up IPs regardless if there's gross numbers to them or not. People are buying... I mean, that Allegiant series, now it's going to be like two TV movies the, the end of it. Yeah. Because it was a name. People thought they'd make money, and it's not making the money they thought it could. Um, but So, I think the problem was that they had Harry Potter when all this started off. And they're like, you know what, whatever. We'll figure something out. We got these Harry Potter movies. They're going to start cranking them out. And then, you know what, we've always got our DCs. DC, you know, uh, material in the background. We can slowly start turning those out. And then... You know, like, you know, we've got the Nolan stuff going and, you know, it's great. You know, we at least got two more coming out of these because the first one was a hit unexpectedly. And then and they're like, oh, let's make this Green Lantern movie. And it's a complete fucking flop. So that was, I mean, to me, I think that was a problem is their first one that was going to introduce this universe was terrible. Yeah. And not like in a, to me, it was, I don't think it was necessarily terrible, like in a studio meddling way. Like it was just bad. Like it was, it's just a bad movie, mm-hmm. um, and and so when you go into that, whereas kind of look like, like what Pixar does, I mean they spend a, three or four years hashing out a script for a movie before they get anywhere near to production and casting and any of that kind of thing. Well, sometimes they bring casting along because they want that unique voice part of the character, but you know. They don't, yeah, they may announce a movie, but they won't give you a date. They just say, like, these are the next ones we have lined up. And when they come out, they come out. I remember hearing about Inside Out years and years ago, you know, like, before we even got to the teens. And then it, you know, it comes out three years ago. Yeah. So it's just, I think they're, they just, they rushed and they, I think they thought it was just going to be easy to just start pumping these out. And they probably thought Christopher Nolan was going to stay on, and he made just you know he's just a name. I mean, he's just producer name. I mean, he probably has nothing to do with with I any would guess of it. Almost, I would guess almost nothing. I mean, I know he came up with like the story idea to Man of Steel, which makes sense because Man of Steel has you know has an okay narrative. I don't agree with half mm-hmm. of the crap that happens happens in that movie, sure. but you know like. You can see where the idea probably came from a couple of guys and not like a whole or a whole um, bunch of dudes in a conference room, yeah, yeah saying yeah. we need this, we need that. Like that was kind of like my problem with. I think you can see passages of it in Star Trek Into Darkness. Just mm-hmm. some of the things they did, like I understand JJ has tried to defend and called you know the fact that it was kind of a joke for the whole Alice Eve you know, taking her shirt off and it's supposed to be a joke about how when all this is happening, Kirk still can't help himself. I get it. Not the, you know, not the best thing you should probably say, but I'm sure it wasn't necessarily his idea. It was like, hey, if we're going to cast her, we need to use her quote-unquote assets, as as horrible as that might sound. So I just feel like, you know, Warner Brothers just got scared. I think they're treating this, they're treating the material too precious. You know, you hear... Zack Snyder talk about it being mythology and how there's importance and there's messages and he's not wrong I mean comics is o- has always been social commentary sure yeah um, I always felt like DC does better with like existentialism and individual journeys whereas Marvel's usually really good about what's happening in the times I mean that's what X-Men is for mm-hmm. um, they're that kind of catalyst so it's just uh, to me I, I think they just they didn't take it as seriously, and then then they just had to play catch up, and then they just don't know what to do because they don't have anybody in charge from the get go. Whereas Marvel, you know, kind of was able to mature in their own way when they were they didn't, weren't really their own studio, and they were making these X Men movies and and even Blade. I mean, it wasn't like they came out of the gate firing. I mean, I like Blade, but I mean, I wouldn't say they're the greatest things. 
they got a, they got a chance to start. They got a chance to kind of start from the bottom of the heap as yeah. far as movie properties go. Whereas a lot of these DC characters were had had been at the top of the heap as far as comic book movies went for a long time. And yeah, I think I think you're just you're right. I think they're just caught off guard. I mean, well, because like, I mean, look at how the other look at how their properties are handled in other things. I mean, I know a lot of it is Batman because he's relatively an easier character to do. But I think at the same time, like he can be done as a joke pretty easily. But like Lego Batman movie, it looks pretty great. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, the Arkham video games are really fun. Uh, they are indeed. Even like something like Injustice is is okay, and I mean I know DC Universe has its own problems, but I think any big MMO outside of like maybe Warcraft like really just has core issues. Uh, but you know their animated stuff is really great. I mean it's to me it, it, I think it's just the way they're handling the films, kind of like Sony. I mean Sony's movies. It's a joke. I mean, I forgot what they said, but it, they took like, I want to say it took like almost a billion dollar loss this year in their film department. Like it was, it was a massive write off on their taxes this year, their film department. So mm-hmm. I think everybody just is trying to play catch up and, you know, when Marvel gets t- gobbled up by Disney, I mean, that's what they do. I mean, they've been doing it for since the dawn of cinema, pretty much is branding, right? I mean, because and... they got. I mean, like the thing, like I I brought up even before was I don't understand how they can meddle with something like these these superhero movies because they're so afraid with how how much money they need to make off of them. You know, these are movies these are supposed to be the movies that you know help pay for everything else, and I get that, but. I don't understand how you could have that same logic and then give a guy $150 million to make an R-rated action movie that takes place in the desert with yeah. Mad Max. Like, you, I don't see how you think that's okay, and I'm glad they did because that movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know how you can let that vision be done but not something else. Yeah. they Because uh, at the worst, you're just going to reboot it. I mean, but, I mean, as much as we joke about the Spider-Man movies, if they're good, they're going to make money. At this yeah. point, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just they hadn't yeah. been good, so their money went down in them, but they still made money. I mean, so that idea that the market was going to saturate at some point, I mean, it has, but I think to a much tinier degree than anybody was expecting. For, like, Marvel's big event pictures, so Avengers did, like, $1.5 billion, and the last big event movie they had was Captain America Civil War, and that only did one point one billion dollars. And that's the so thing has, is, like these studios dropped. are dying by like what happens first opening weekend. Like that's how you that's yeah. how it's going to go. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's so much like the Marvel superhero movies are saturating a market. It's these. I, I mean, every weekend there's something big coming out. I mean, what in, in May alone you've got what you've got. Guardians of the Galaxy, then what, a week after that, it's Wonder Woman, and then it's the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, then it's Mm -hmm. some other movie that has a name to it, and I want to say, like, Transformers comes out at the end of that. I mean, it's just... That's why whenever they said 2016, oh, it it beat 2015 as as the highest-grossing thing, and I'm like, really? Because, you know, 2015, you know, you had, like, Star Wars for a good chunk of it, you had uh, Fast... Fast and Furious, you had, um, what's that, Jurassic World. I mean, you had these movies that, like, you know, they're top five all time. And none of these movies made it to that number. I mean, there's a lot of them that made a boatload of money, but it's just kind of weird looking at the numbers and, you know, the highest one barely cracked a billion. Like, it's just, uh, that's where I think it's getting saturated. It's... Movies come out and we forget about them. I mean, that's kind of like... Just in case you're wondering, if you consider May to be kind of the kickoff of the summer movies... I think Baywatch uh, comes out in May. I mean, it's like, uh, name your IP, it's got a movie released in in that month. It does. This is, in May, the two big ones are Guardians, uh, Guardians and uh, there's Alien Covenant are in May. And Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. That's three big releases all in May. Uh, June has uh, Wonder Woman, The Mummy, 
uh, Ghost Protocol. That movie, The Mummy. Uh, I'm really interested how big that write-off is going to be. Oh, for the the Mummy. Yeah, I mean it's going to make a boatload of money in China because Tom Cruise just makes money in China. Yeah. But man, uh, I think it's going to be like... what happened to Warcraft. Like it might make money, but it's not going to make any money in the states. July only has two mega releases, but there's some other uh, films coming out that month that are also going to draw interest. There's Spider-Man Homecoming in July and War for the Planet of the Apes, but also Dunkirk comes out in July. Yeah, that'll make does, some money. Yeah, as uh, as does uh, Luke Besson's Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, that's July. I don't know why I thought it was this month. And uh, The Dark Tower also comes out in July, so... There's a there's a lot there, um, and then things start to taper off a little bit after July. And then you get August, and you know things taper off until you start getting a little bit later in the year. Although I'll tell you what, October has a pretty good lineup. Blade Runner comes out in October. The sequel to Kingsman comes out then. Uh, there's a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Uh, there's a. Uh, Thor comes out in November. Justice League is also November. Justice League... Do you think that Justice League, they would have originally wanted a December release? Uh, but, I mean, I know why they can't, obviously. Yeah, I mean, there's because Star nothing, Wars comes there's out nothing in December. bigger than Star Wars. So I guess that's why they have to, to get that. I mean, pretty much Disney is going to own... Once they... I mean, Star Wars is going to own Christmas weekend until we are all dead and then some. <laughs> and, indeed. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk uh, one more final bit about DC News. Ben Affleck has announced that he will not be directing The Batman. Now, uh, he said that this is one of those things where this is one of those roles that deserves my full attention, that sort of thing. Uh, but he was also quoted as saying, not that long ago, if you recall, Glenn, that uh, he wasn't going to that there was rumors that he might not direct the movie and he was like look if the script is good enough yeah you know i'm in or whatever and uh now he's not directing anymore so does this signify that maybe he's like well i'll act in it but i'm not going to attach my name as a director to this movie well i think a lot of it probably has to i i honestly because he had that movie come out live by night and it got panned and yeah. apparently the studio is going to lose a shitload of money off of it. Because <laughs> I think it was a $100 million picture, and opening weekend it made 13 something like that. So That was $100 million? That something movie? like that. I want to say it's, it's, it's not a cheap movie to make. What did they think this was going to bring in? Well, I think they thought with the way Ben Affleck's movies have been going with money, it was probably going to do okay, and then it made a bad movie. So I think that's more because that was the thing is he got cast as Batman and it was gonna and he was gonna be able to make some pet projects and this was his first pet project and it I did not do good. Uh, so do you, do you have like a, do you was there some news about like the budget because on Box Office Mojo they don't list a production budget they have an NA so they don't have the numbers but uh, this this got a worldwide gross of twenty million dollars. I mean, it might not be a hundred, but I know it's like seventy-five. Yeah, budget I mean, budget a... is estimated sixty-five million. Okay. So I mean, well, I mean, it might make its close. money up come DVD release and when it gets paid to go on HBO or Stars or TNT yeah. in three years. Um, good sounding cast, but yeah. But you know, he maybe he got scared. I mean, you can. You know, you saw it in those eyes whenever Batman v Superman got panned. Like, I think it's just oh, yeah. he's. I, th I thought we made a good movie. Yeah, he's just kind of he's. Pro I think I really think it has to do with he's just scared now. Mm. I mean, I know who they should get, but if they do, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if they're all for having Batman kill and doing cool shit like that, I don't get the guy who does John Wick. I mean, at this point, just fuck it. Mm. If you're going to yes. bastardize it so much, I, I don't care now. <laughs> I mean, no, I like Ben Affleck as Batman. He he is fine. But if it's Scott, if it's not Scott Snyder, if Zack Snyder thinks that we, with the lessons he learned in 
Is Scott Snyder his younger and better equipped uh, I mean, he is, director? He is not a director, but he is better equipped. He's the one who's been doing the new detective comics for Batman that are incredible. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's just uh, with, uh, you know, Zach just learned wrong lessons in, in The Dark Knight Returns. That's not... It was about him crossing his own line. It doesn't mean he's willing to just murder and kill at <laughs> at any moment. Um. All right. So let's. Uh. I was gonna. I was gonna hop into the box office here, but there's really not a lot to mention. Uh. This is that time of the. No, we never talked the, about the Oscars. This is that. Oh yeah. Were there uh, Oscar nominations? Uh, La La Land was nominated for everything, and it's gonna and, win everything, and, and it will win everything. Actually, you know, there's a little there's a little deal going around about the actually, uh, about the I've Oscars actually, that it I've might actually, not win a lot, and not not win as much really? as you would think. Really? Because are they, are, are they with, trying to swerve people like like Vince McMahon at a at a wrestling pay per view where the fans think they 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 know all the finishes, so they wanna they wanna change the finishes at the last minute to. To surprise everyone with who well, what be. what might happen because they're saying this is what happened with Crash is so many people were like, oh, they're going to vote for this movie, so I voted for that, uh-huh. or or the really dumb thing that happened in 1998 that we talked about <laughs> extensively <laughs> already, uh, but that it really might be hidden figures that could win because a it's made some money, uh, yes, especially off its budget. I, I do want to see it, and all all I have heard is that it's it's just a good wholesome you know take your grand well I don't maybe not your grandma it depends on how racist she is but you know it's kind of <laughs> like a, it's a grandma movie ish kind of thing and you know it teaches you a good lesson uh, there's great performances in it and uh, oh, yeah. with you know how it just I really I'm really interested to see how many of those white people are going to be swayed from voting for La La Land to vote for Hidden Figures because it's not I don't know. I would say just in general, 2016 wasn't like the best year in movies. Hashtag Oscars so white. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not, you got Moonlight the, in there. Not not this Fences. year. Fences. This year the, uh, it's diverse. I got yeah. I gotta I gotta ask: Is this coincidental or not? Because oh, last year people made a very big point to note that. Oscars are a lot of white people being nominated this year, and the very next year, there is a awful lot of not white people being nominated for things. Now, is this just a happy coincidence that a bunch of films have been made with people that aren't all white, or is this, uh, or are we going to be cynical and say that they looked at some movies that maybe aren't necessarily perhaps Oscar worthy, but nominated people anyway? Can I say both? Okay, you think it's a mixture. Because the problem that people uh, and you, any, I mean anybody that's actually in an industry, will say it. The problem is, is when you have a movie that has a predominantly black cast, usually it has something to do with the Civil War, or gangsters, or poverty. Like it's they get pigeonholed very quickly. You know, they aren't given the wide ranging roles that yes. white people get. You know, like. Being at the Great Wall and fighting monsters, uh, you know they don't they don't get those kinds of cultural appropriations. Mm-hmm. So that's usually the problem. So when you get these showcase movies and the certain stories that you know, or movies that are well done, like it usually just it, you you're not allowing the opportunity for there to to, to have African American actors in it. Sure. So. By the way, Hidden Figures is very well received critically. Yeah, I mean, I I want to see it. It looks good. I mean, I haven't heard a bad thing about it. No. So, nope. And I love me some NASA, and I love me some history. Yeah, I mean, so. it's <laughs> NASA and Kevin Costner is in it. I am I am a hundred percent game. <laughs> um. Yeah. So those are the, the so two that's big the thing things. is it might be it really. Because of kind of the the smallish backlash for La La Land, it really might be the the thing that Hidden Figures might might do it. La La Land has made quite uh, quite the bank since being nominated. Uh, they have a, a small thirty million dollar production budget, and they have made nearly three hundred million worldwide. Yeah, 
So that I mean, movie it's is doing well for I itself. liked it. It's fun. I mean, it, uh, if you don't like musicals, you're not going to like it. That's the... <laughs> no. uh, well, I, you know what? And I didn't think I liked musicals. I, I watched the opening... Uh, I watched the opening number they did, like the, the highway bit. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was... I thought that was really cleverly done. And it. I, I think what really nailed it for me was that they clearly just stopped this one section of highway so they could film this and you can see below them people going about their normal business driving their cars on the highway which really added to like the scope of the whole thing but i just thought it was really well done and i i haven't seen i haven't seen anything past that yet uh but i was pleasantly surprised I'm, i'm gonna end up watching it even though i'm not a musical fan but uh i have been told that there are definitely extended bits of time where people aren't singing songs and dancing. Yeah, yeah. There, so. It takes. It, God, shut up. It does the whole um, singing. We know the how rain. you feel about a boom. Like singing in the rain doesn't. I mean, yeah, yeah. You don't really have a lot of song and dance at the beginning. It's as the movie goes on, it becomes more about musicals and changing cinema. That's where the, a lot of the singing and dancing kind of comes in with La La Land. So it kind of uh, like it kind of has that same narrative. Like so songs yeah, I, are really backloaded. So yeah, the the top five is uh, La La Land at five. Uh, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter is at four. Glenn, it uh, debuted this week or this past weekend. It's at 117 million worldwide. Uh, I don't know if that. I mean, look, actually, for a movie that looks like it does, its budget is only 40 million dollars. Yeah. So that's, you know, not too bad for the money-making-wise. Hidden Figures is number three. Debuting at number two is A Dog's Purpose. How much money has Hidden Figures made? Uh, I think they're shy of 200 I mean, it's made a uh, lot domestically. Actually, they're shy of 100 Yeah, it's made 97.7% of its uh, grossing is from the... is domestic. They're at 122 million. Because the world's racist. That's right. Only... Two million dollars foreign box office. Uh, a dog's purpose, which I'm sure you're going to take boomers to. Do they let you take dogs to the theater? No, I think there is a corgi in that movie, though. Uh, that movie made forty two million has made forty two million dollars thus far. It made eighteen million uh, domestically here, and uh, the number one movie, I guess, for the second week in a row is uh, Split. <laughs> Which is uh, that Shyamalan movie with James McAvoy? I I I refuse to believe that that movie is decent. Well, decent or not, it's made 142 million dollars worldwide, and according to Box Office Mojo, its production budget was only nine million dollars. So they've made some money on this picture. Yeah, Shyamalan's found a shtick. I mean, uh, the visit was supposedly solid, and it made a boatload of money based off of its budget. Yeah, and McAvoy's good. I I don't know how good the movie is. I just think Uh, I just think it to me it just comes across as so comical. The trailers do. According to Rotten Tomatoes, it is at seventy-five percent certified fresh. Yeah, I don't care. So is Ghostbusters. Uh, uh, the critical consensus says that it is a dramatic tour de force for James McAvoy in multiple roles and finds writer-director M. Night Shyamalan returning resoundingly to thrilling form. So that's a ringing endorsement there from the the tomato people. Uh, I, and I would also like to note, for people who are interested, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is still in the top ten box office. In fact, they are number eight. And, for those of you who did not know, the film has, in fact, surpassed $1 billion worldwide. Just barely. It's at $1,041,442,512. And it has done equally well domestic and foreign. Uh, In fact, it's a 50 to 49% split, basically, uh, domestic and foreign. So that movie did real well. So, kudos. I guess they've got a hit on their hands with this Star Wars franchise, Glenn. Um, Well, it's as much money as they've paid for it. There are some movies opening here on the 10th. And I am positive Glenn will see at least two of these movies 
perhaps even all three. I'm not sure. Definitely uh, two of them. How does Robbie? How does Robbie feel about the Fifty Shades of Grey series? Uh, no, no, she doesn't. Okay, I, so I have will... probably read more of that book than she has. <laughs> so you will only be seeing two of these films. Fifty Shades Darker is coming out on the tenth. There is no uh, critical consensus or scores for the movie at this time. Uh, but uh, you know, all the people from the first movie are in this one, I presume. And uh, people who liked the last one will probably like this one. Uh, Also opening on the 10th is John Wick Chapter 2, by God, in which there are also, by the way, no critical reviews for or a consensus. Uh, But who cares? It's John Wick and it's Chapter (laughs) 2. It doesn't matter. The trailer was basically like, hey, this do you like the first movie? We're doing the same thing again. Boomer's like the first movie. And who can blame him? He's like, yeah, he got revenge for that dog that got killed. That might be Boomer's favorite film. Uh, a revenge love story about a dog. And who can blame him? Uh, but yeah, the trailer is basically like, if you like the first movie, here's the second movie. And this time, here's Morpheus. And it's going to be in a different country. Uh, so, yeah. Who could go wrong with that? There's an amazing poster of... Uh, for this movie with a shit ton of people pointing guns all at his head and him, John Wick, staring back like a badass. That movie's going to be good and uh, probably the biggest release on the 10th is going to be the Lego Batman movie, Glenn, and this movie does have some reviews already. There's 21 reviews in and it is at a cool 90% on the tomato meter. Yes, there are uh, two people who are assholes that didn't enjoy this movie. Uh, one guy said that they have all the pieces in place, but they don't have the same connective snap, whatever the fuck that means. And uh, I'm sure there's some other guy who didn't like it, but I have to, I actually have to go find his review. I'm not actually sure where it is. Uh, uh, I don't, and this guy, I don't know. This guy gave it a C plus. They listed it as a negative review. But C plus isn't bad. I mean, that's passing grade. Even yeah, it's, how is that rotten? Uh, it just says, "Lord knows the superhero genre could use some fun poked at it," and we we're psyched to see the film. But there's some fun to be had. But it can't help but feel like there's it, it, it's a missed opportunity. So it feels like they had fun watching the movie, but it feels like I guess this particular reviewer feels like they could have done more and fa- and failed to uh, and failed to do more. But uh, otherwise, the reviews are are glowing. So they didn't do all of the things you wanted it to do. They just did almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, well, he said, uh, there. while there's some fun to be had, it can't help but feel like a missed opportunity. And that's from uh, Oliver Littleton at The Playlist. Uh, and the, uh, the, first, uh, the first review is from The Hollywood Reporter. All the pieces in place, but they just don't have the same connective snap. Whatever the shit that means. Uh, I guess that's some sort of Lego pun. Yeah, let's say it was a bad joke. Fail. <laughs> yeah. Complete fail. Yeah, your C uh, plus yeah. is really an F. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be back soon because this Lego movie is coming out. I'm going to be watching a bunch of movies, hopefully between now and then because I really want to uh, I really want to catch up on some of these Oscar buzz movies uh, and I'm, I'm going to watch a few of them uh, plus I'm going to watch one that has no Oscar buzz whatsoever and it was actually considered to not be a particularly good movie but I like the uh, the actors involved so I'm going to watch it and hope that it is what is it that of, that of course being Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence oh. which I which did not receive very good reviews I don't think I heard it's very rapey. That's what I've heard, too. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to watch it uh, and see how I feel about it. Uh, Yeah, but uh, until that time, of course, uh, for everything we discuss, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com and check us out on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Instagram, all at Cinemageekly. You can contact us, cinemageekly at gmail.com. And, of course, this podcast, like all of our others, are available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe and get the episodes downloaded to your device as uh, we churn them out. All right, so 
for Glenn Beauvais. I'm Anthony Lewis. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday, everybody, and we'll be back next time with another Cinema Geekly podcast. We'll be right back.